What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 121 of Super Deformed Gamescast. SDGC is here. As always, I am one of your hosts, John, aka at Mr. Megadub on Twitter. And tonight we've got a great group of guys to talk about all the nerdy video game stuff that happened this week. Uh, up in the corner, we got Justin. What's up, buddy? You got to unmute. Everybody unmute. I'm here. There, yeah, Brandon's there. I, I am here. <laughs> There, okay, just did we just lose Justin? Oh, Six Justin's seven. frozen now. Oh, yeah, we man, just lost him, but he's frozen in the best possible way. Though. <laughs> that's like, great. That's, that is a that's an O face. Right that's there. that's <laughs> he looks like he looks like Solid Snake in Metal Gear Solid Two when he's doing like and you know when you look at the picture of the girl in the locker and it's and then you go to the codec and he's like oh we just there he goes we lost him he's gone he'll be back. Justin's Off to a great start. I know, right? Perfect. <laughs> Made it like thirty seconds. I know. Yeah. Hey, that, that's is that some kind of a record for this podcast? No. Maybe uh, twenty. Maybe twenty. I know, right? Yeah. Well, Maddie, dude, Maddie's back. Back on the fucking podcast after what seems like forever, man. Dude, I'm so I'm so Very glad long you're back, time. man. Yeah, dude, it's been a while since you've been here, man. Yeah. I think last time I was on, Matt was on too, though. So we got the, the dual Matt. So. I know. Yeah, I like that. This is gonna make it extra confusing. Um, I, I think I think Jesus beard now. I think Justin's Justin's he's 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 morphing back in here. There he is. Hey. Hey. All right. Yeah. There we go. No, that was fantastic, dude. Your face froze in the most perfect manner. Like it was great. <laughs> it was it an was, O face. Dude. It was a you total were, O face, man. It was you great. Were it was fantastic. Right in the middle of it. You really were. <laughs> and uh Brandon is here. Brandon, what's up, my man? What's up, dude? And uh as you can see, I tried to I'll, I'll introduce Justin again. Justin is here as well. Hello. Um, Justin has been able to make more and more podcasts. I, I, that makes me really happy, man. Uh, yeah, um, and I may be getting a schedule change with work, so um, next week I won't be able to be on, but after that I may be able to be on quite a bit uh, more regularly as well. So Sacrif I'm really hoping that comes through. Sacrificing your job to be on SDGC is the only, that is the ultimate pledge of loyalty to this podcast, in my opinion. I mean, um, I also get, I also make more money if I get this switch too. So well, there it's you not, go. not that much of a sacrifice. It works. It works out for me. And it works out for you. Uh, and as always, Matt Piscatel with NPD Group is here. Matt is here every single month to talk about the NPD drops. And Matt, how long have you been coming on this podcast and doing this now? Uh, over a year now. Over a and sometimes year now. I get to come on more than once a month when our data goes kooky and we have two releases in like three weeks you do oh, and uh, i mean i honest to god matt you want to just join the podcast at this point nobody's like, complaining you want to no 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 <laughs> not, not. Can't possibly no so low on a top 100 list yeah, it's the disrespect for witcher 3's combat that really gives <laughs> me pause I, you and i are never ever going to see eye to eye on that i'm I'm, I'm afraid <laughs> Uh, but uh, anyway, we'll go ahead and so as everybody knows, um, uh, whenever Matt is on, we talk about the NPDs, uh, which is what we're going to do. But first, real quick, uh, quick announcement about a new podcast format we're, we're, that we're rolling out. Um, Jeff, so you know we had pause for popcorn. We're all going to be naked. We're all going to be nude. Every single one, even Matt, even Matt Piscatella here is going to. Yeah, we're let's all do gonna, it. We're all going to take mean, our I shirts off. I still won't be using a camera, but like I will still be naked. He, it, Brandon's going to be naked in spirit with us. Um, Brandon's going to be fully clothed. He's going to say, I'm totally naked, guys. Do it. I'm totally naked right now. Um, you, can but, hear it in, you can hear it in somebody's voice. <laughs> you can, yeah, you can. You can the freedom. You, you can, can hear the freedom. You, you, you can. Sometimes I'll be talking to a friend on the phone, and I'm like, you're, the liberation. you're naked right now, aren't you? I can tell. I can tell by the, by the loftiness in your tone. Um, I'm fully clothed. But, uh, but no, so uh, Jeff, who does Pause for Popcorn, um, he's been just so busy with life, he hasn't been able to do it. 
uh, recently um, and we want to get some more content on the channel. So what we're going to do for guys like JT and Jeff who haven't been able to make it in a while because of their busy schedules during the week, uh, every weekend we are going to start doing a recap video of things that happened uh, this past week. For example, uh, Gamescom is going to be our topic on Saturday. It's going to be pre-recorded. Uh, pre we're not going to go live with it, uh, but we're going to pre-record it. Uh, we're going to talk about things that have happened this, uh, this past week, like Gamescom, for example, and then other things that happened as weeks progress. And we will post them on the YouTube channel uh, that same day. Uh, so that way, some of the guys that aren't able to get slots in the podcast as, as often as they might like can still uh, help get out there and hang out and talk about games uh, just the way we all like to do. Uh, so the first one of those will be, will be happening on Saturday. And uh, Justin, you're going to be there, right? Uh, yes, uh, depending on the time. Yeah, uh, we'll, so we'll, 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 we'll figure it out, but I, I, there's a good chance I will be there. We'll figure it out, and, and by Saturday, I will have a name for it. It'll be something clever and catchy, I'm sure, but we'll come up with something. Uh, but without any further ado, why don't we go ahead and let Matt Piscatella jump into the NPDs as he is wont to do. So, Matt, please, take it away, man. The floor is yours. Well, so, uh, obviously a huge month. With Muv Love Alternative taking the top mm -hmm. spot on the PlayStation Vita in the month of July. Now, I didn't know what Muv Love Alternative was <laughs> this morning, but it is the best-selling game on the PlayStation Vita. And I've learned things today about the PlayStation Vita. I already knew some things about the PlayStation Vita, but... But now I know more. To, people used to try to deny it, but eventually it just... So when you get a chance, Mob Love Alternative, go take a look. It looks uh, compelling. Yeah, I'll definitely take Very a look at that. Compelling. Yeah, um, One word for it. <laughs> uh, but of course, yeah, a big month for Nintendo uh, in July. The Switch uh, was the top hardware selling platform. Uh, more Nintendo hardware has sold in the month of July than any July since 2009. Wow. That's fucking um, bonkers, man. That's insane. That's well, insane. it helps. The classic editions certainly help with that number, uh, but that is a big number of Nintendo hardware going into households in the U.S. this month for sure. And on top of that, we have Octopath Traveler, which I know you want to dig into a little bit at Hell number one. yeah. Oh, I'm and, so happy. Uh, and the other big the other big takeaway from the month is Nintendo, as a software publisher, is the number one software publisher of both the month and the year. And the real kick there is uh, we don't currently track digital on Nintendo. So just physical Nintendo sales at retail are bigger than any other publishers combined physical and digital. So fucking however insane. you look at it, Nintendo is killing yeah, it and murdering it. God, what a fucking turnaround from the Wii U era! Like, I just, I can't, get, I can't get over the way Nintendo's fortunes have just completely preserved or, or reversed, man. Like, that is, that is insane. I mean, I, I was surprised they blew it so hard after the Wii. So, you know, it's just, they, you know, they're just coming around. <laughs> yeah, it's been uh, just <laughs> remarkable when you consider, uh, particularly that we don't track digital for Nintendo, and and they're doing things that. Uh, are surprising. I, I think a lot of people can't really... Well, either they, they, they can't absorb it or they don't believe it, um, but just how well they're doing with the installed base of Switch, those folks are buying a hell of a lot of software. They're buying a lot of software, both physically and digitally from, from all accounts. Uh, so you combine that with a PlayStation 4 that continues to 
uh, do exceptionally well on its own. And then Xbox One, which is in terms of dollar sales for hardware, uh, up over 60% That's on the fantastic. year. That's fantastic. Yeah, you can't, I mean, I can't look at this current market and see anything that really has any big red flags to attach to it. Right now in 2018, things are all looking exceptionally good. Well, I mean, this has been a very, like, you know, like, with the exception of, okay, all right, I'm going to reword it. Since the beginning of this generation, uh, Sony has uh, flourished, right? I, I would, I mean, I don't think anybody will would, would argue that at all. I mean, this is the PlayStation Four has just been a runaway success the entire generation. Microsoft stumbled out of the gate, but things have improved for, uh, for them slowly over time, and then and now Nintendo is just killing it. So, I guess my question, Matt, is is this the last year that we are going to see year? So, so I, okay, two questions actually. One, do you think by the end of the year we'll see year over year growth for PlayStation Four and Xbox, and two? If that's the case, is this the last year of this generation that we're going to see that growth before things start to peter down? Well, I mean, we shouldn't see that growth this year, but we might. Um, <laughs> both both consoles are performing very well. Now, uh, Sony, in terms of PS4, um, you really got to get to 2016 or 2015 sales, which are really the high point. Uh, it, it came down a bit, but then rebounded last year. To grow and if it can grow again this year then maybe it, it does reach the highs it reached in year what is that calendar year three of that cycle so it has the opportunity to um xbox one had a really poor year last year uh but it's doing very well this year can that continue into next year it shouldn't in terms of cyclicality we should see both of those boxes come down a bit next year Especially as we wrap up to a next-gen launch and what I'm assuming is 2020. Um, this year has a lot of great things going for it. The Q4 slate is phenomenal, probably once in a decade in terms of its strength. When you have a Rockstar game and a Battlefield and a Call of Duty and a Smash and Pokemon, like that doesn't <laughs> happen very often. Uh, so you can buy that and you go, okay, wow, 2018 is, is going to be a remarkable year. Uh, but then you start thinking out 2019, boy, how do you comp mm -hmm. 2019 to what this year is looking like it's going to be? Well, you announce new hardware uh, for 2020 and try to get people excited that way. So, well, I mean, I, I, I had the same reaction at the beginning of this year that I did last year. You know, Matt, like I was like, I mean, because 2017 was a fucking great year for games all around. Um, you know, it just, I mean, if you just want to talk about the quality and quantity of games, um, 2017, I think we had all mentioned multiple times in this podcast was one of the best years in recent memory um and everybody had wondered how 2018 could possibly measure up but if you look at the dirt if, if you look at just the the breadth of titles available uh like on the nintendo switch for example like you know i i, I hear people say oh the nintendo's got a real problem with games well I, mean, I don't see it because there's a there's a ton of great games available on the switch you've got games like god of war um state of decay 2 has sold very well for the xbox um, this fall, I mean, you've got, you know, fucking Red Dead Redemption 2, the Destiny 2 Forsaken expansion, um, mm -hmm. uh, Mario Party, which I'm very excited about, uh, you know, two, uh, two Pokemon Spider -Man. games, Spider-Man, I mean, Jesus, Spider uh, fuck, and, uh, apparently there are, um, you know, Smash Brothers, there are other Nintendo games, apparently, that have not been announced yet, um, so, I mean, the way it's, the way it comes off to me right now. I mean, 2018 is giving last year a run for its money for me. Like, this has just been an incredible fucking year for me. Yeah, and 2017 was a, a very, very good year uh, if you like video games, but in terms of the commercial potential, 
2018 is far bigger. I mean, these are just bigger mass market brands and developers. Um, whereas 2017 had a lot of very, very good video games that really targeted and, and resonated with that very core gamer crowd yeah. uh, like us. Um, but in terms of the mass market potential, when you have a Smash and a Pokemon and a Red Dead and a Spider-Man, uh, the the numbers that could be hit are pretty mind-boggling. So I have a question for the group, uh, not just Matt, but for the group as a whole. Um, when the NPDs uh, drop, so I, I am usually not, not one of those guys who says who says, "Yeah, my favorite game sold the most." Um, <laughs> but uh, uh, but everybody knows that I have got a, a, just a, a real personal affinity for two D. Uh, old school JRPGs, right? Um, because because of how much games like Final Fantasy VI and Chrono Trigger meant to me uh, growing up, what they did for me as a child, you know, how they helped me through some really difficult times. And so to see a game that I love, like Octopath Traveler, that harkened back to that era, that that brought me back to kind of that comfort zone, to see a game like that, uh, one, review as well as it did, it reviewed incredibly well, and then two, to sell as well as it did. I was not expecting this game to to top the NPDs, especially, and it's doubly impressive, just like Matt said, when you factor in the idea that for Nintendo, digital sales aren't counted. We're like, we're not talking, this is strictly all physical. Um, so I wanted to pose a question to, you know, to the group. One, did this surprise anybody else? And two, what do we think this means for the future of games that kind of draw from that old school Super Nintendo 2D RPG era? Um, and I'll just, I'll just open the floor to anybody who wants to jump in on that. Um, I, I think everybody is surprised that Octopath did that well. Um, I mean, it was clear, like, right after it launched that it was doing well, but, like, uh, number one for, like, an old-school throwback JRPG, yeah. like, on a single platform is Insane. really, really an unexpected number. Um, and I, I almost wonder if um, release timing uh, played into that as well. Um I mean, I personally don't have a Switch yet, so I wasn't able to pick up um, Octopath. But, like, this summer has not been, you know, big on releases on other platforms um, and stuff. And, like, Octopath being a game that was, you know, very focused on, you know, what kind of is a more niche um, approach uh, these days at being a throwback title. Um, I mean, it was also gorgeous gorgeous game oh god um, the game is so, so fucking beautiful dude um, oh so you know that gets you know a lot of eyes on it too like i think i think all of and then you know it being good like i think all those things just kind of like really created like a perfect storm for it like it was good release timing good marketing um and a good quality game well maddie what about you man i mean you've you've dropped what 40 hours in octopath traveler yourself 50 now yeah 50 i just now, okay. finished all the chapter threes uh i'm gonna start on my first chapter four tonight did the success so well, you and i haven't had a chance to really talk about octopath traveler uh no because i'm avoiding spoilers y yeah just trying, so, to, just trying to finish it but it's not gonna happen anytime soon probably <laughs> so let me ask you this and then i've got a question for matt um Having dropped I mean, fifty, I mean fifty hours. I mean, dude, this is a long game. Like you guys just heard, Maddie it's say, so he's, long. he's dropped fifty hours into the game, and he's still got eight more chapters to go. For your one yeah. for each character, so that's eight chapter fours. It's a plus, long plus whatever, game. like whatever post game thing is there. That oh, here, there's like, so, oh, there's definitely there. there's definitely something there. Oh, um, <laughs> so this is a long fucking game. But Maddie, yeah. after after fifty hours of the game, 
does the success of the game surprise you at all? Uh, I think I think if people knew like exactly what that game was, I feel like the way it was positioned up front isn't really how it panned out for me at least. Like I was expecting a little more of like an open form game, and instead what I'm getting is like go to this town, talk to a couple NPCs, use your path ability. Like it's very rigidly structured and like. I don't know if they had outlined that up front, if that would have really appealed to people. But I, th I think another aspect of why it's doing so well is like it feels like the zenith of like all this harping on like RPG nostalgia, like what Tokyo RPG Factory has been yeah. doing with I Am Setsuna, uh, what um, Acquire did with Bravely Default. Like it feels like the peak of that, and. Uh, so what you mentioned earlier, like whether we will see this continue, I don't know how many times you can go back to that well, really. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So you think that so so you think that this this style of game in today's world has an expiration? Are you saying it has an expiration date? Are you, I, you can only tap from this so many times before people get tired of it, or? Yeah, I think it has an expiration date, but I don't think it's super soon. And I think like Acquire has their their foot in the door now like this is their thing so like it might be maybe harder for other devs to pull off the same kind of success they did with the same genre so so let me pass it over to matt then because matt you know i i want to you know we have to remember the fact that this caught square enix by surprise just as much as it did us you know i mean they didn't they didn't they issue an apology they did because they couldn't have they couldn't keep it in stock in japan or something well they couldn't keep it in stock here it was it was sold out on amazon for a month you, you couldn't buy it on amazon unless it was from a third-party seller um so Amazon's they, so bad about Nintendo stock, though. They really well. I mean, dude. And, I, I mean, you couldn't find Sony it. Stock you, you couldn't yeah. find it at GameStop either, though. Just out of curiosity, a week after it released, I went to GameStop and I said, "Do you have any copies of Octopath Traveler?" They said, "No, we don't. Um, we're all sold out, and we don't know when we're getting more." Um, so everybody was taken aback by the the success of this game, Square Enix included. And Matt, I wanted to know: Could you have predicted this sort of this sort of success for a what is essentially a throwback to? a super nintendo rpg i mean as beautiful as it is and as beautiful as it sounds it, it is a super nintendo rpg in ex with extremely pretty hd visuals so did this take you by surprise or or did the marketing leading up to it kind of make you hint that you know this was this was going to be something bigger than everybody had anticipated well i was hoping well, i was expecting it to get top 10 and i thought if it did exceptionally well it could get top five so when i saw the numbers come in I went and had the folks back at Port Washington at NPD headquarters go back to the data and make sure we weren't double counting anything or that it was wrong. Like, uh, I want <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I was surprised. Um, and that's great. And, but, you know, maybe we shouldn't have been because of the stockouts and everything going on. I don't think anyone at retail in a buying team had any idea that it, something like this could do these kind of numbers. And we certainly didn't. Um, but it's, it just goes to show the weirdness of the current market and how all kinds of games are doing very well and and breaking some benchmarks. And of course, you know, in today's market, uh, like Maddie said, specialization comes into play and you're getting a lot of games that are fairly unique in the market because dev teams have to be so specialized in the kinds of games they're making that you can't get a game out the door in a year. You have to spend two or yeah. three or more years um, so we're, we don't have the benchmark data we used to have in terms of like 
we have 50 games of brown third-person cover-based shooters that we can kind of get an idea how well our third-person brown cover-based shooter will do. That's not the case anymore. So um, happily to be surprised by the uh, by that success for Octopath. So I guess my question is, is um, clearly, I mean, so I think not so much of a question as just a, a general idea from the entire group. I mean, I think we're all in agreement when we say that Square Enix is probably scrambling to make a game that's very similar in... Uh, talked about traveler and i'm just talking like specifically for the aesthetic right like if you're talking yeah. about that oh, that, that visual are, style we we are getting a final fantasy branded game with that art i would style. be surprised i would be stunned within, if we're not yep within a couple years like there's no there's yeah. no way square enix lets that go by well you unless know what kind of no kind of do what they did with bravely default which was like intentionally distance it from final fantasy so they could have like Kind of, because I feel like Final Fantasy has a stigma to some people that like, well, they release too many games. So like, making yeah. it its own IP might kind of allow them to. It's not go like it was in the nineties where they were like rebranding uh, Seiken Densetsu as yep. Final Fantasy yeah. Adventure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One other thing, actually, that I think might have helped it is, I think it's just like more approachable than a lot of JRPGs. Because this is totally anecdotal, but my girlfriend has played fifty hours of it. And That's she got it. Awesome. She got it three weeks after I did, and she is further ahead than I am. And like, really? she doesn't she doesn't play JRPGs like that very often. Um, so I think it might appeal to that crowd maybe um, a little more than something like Bravely Default might have. Not to get too far down the Octopath Traveler uh, rabbit hole, but I'll just say that I think a lot. I think the reason that this game appealed to a lot of people outside of the visuals of the game is the fact that you know it, it's. It, it's eight individual stories. These guys aren't out to save the world. They're not out to stop some evil, you know, God from, you know, consuming the, you know, consuming the universe or some, some yeah, madman. You, you, some... you can't do that story in 2018. You just can't. It's you like, can't. Yeah. Like, like there's no it's evil a clown. It's a joke. Who's, yeah. A joke at this point. But in, instead you've got stories about, you know, Hanit who is out to save her, um, her master or Therian who is just out to steal some things to get a bracelet off his arm or primrose who's out to avenge her father you know like you know i i feel like these smaller more intimate stories are exactly kind of the breath of fresh air that this you know that genre needed and i know some people are probably going to disagree with me some people want that big that big overarching threat and you do sort of get that in, Oct in octopath traveler at the end and i won't say anything more about it um but but it's not as it's not as played up it's not as played up as it is in, uh, in in other games by far. Like you, it's so yeah. I I, I think I I think this game does a lot of things right. I, I think it, it it really. Oh god, I, I love. I'm so happy that we're probably going to get more games like it. I, I guess that's the bottom line. I'm really looking forward to playing it when I do get a Switch because it just kind of remind like the direction JRPGs has, have gone uh, since then has it, like I used to play JRPGs all the time. Uh, like all the way up through high school and stuff. And since then the genre has not really been for me. And Octopath definitely reminds me of, you know, what I want from that genre again. And I haven't seen something like that in a while. So I'm I looking feel, forward to eventually playing it. I feel bad that Brandon can't play it. Cause Brandon is like me. He's a, he's a super Nintendo kid. And Brandon, this game is your fucking brand, man. Yeah. I wish they would port it to something, but it's never gonna. Yeah, although I will okay. say that I, I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if Square Enix, like 
with it selling that well oh, on just yeah. the Switch. This is like, not, yeah, the, the next one's not going to be a Nintendo exclusive, man. I guarantee Squ- Like, Square Enix is going yeah, to try to find some, a way to get it on that. Yeah, I, I, as, as it is, I think Square Enix, as happy as they are with Octopath Traveler sales, are probably thinking that, you know, thinking to themselves, we really should have had this motherfucker on PS4 and Xbox as well. I'd be um, curious how, like, desperate Nintendo is to keep that, though. Because, like, I'd imagine quite a few people bought um, bought Switches for that. I mean, I would have, if I didn't already own a Switch, I would have bought one for Octopath Traveler. That's how much I love yeah. those style of games. And, you know, yeah, I mean, I, I would not be surprised if Nintendo pulled out the stops to try to keep uh, a, what is essentially a powerful new JRPG franchise uh, at Nintendo. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, we'll see what happens. But um, uh, did anybody else have a, que- a question for Matt about the MPDs? The only other thing I had was uh, Grand Theft Auto V. Number two two, selling game of the month. Jesus Christ. Number two, baby. (laughs) Number one selling game on Xbox One and PS4. Unstoppable. Uh, Nothing can stop this fucking game, man. Like, it's... It's been... And the funny thing about it... The funny thing about it is, like, whenever I see it pop up, I'm just like, who doesn't have this game yet and i realize i don't i i do not own uh grand theft auto 5 i hate uh, the game and i've bought it twice <laughs> like i don't know what's wrong with me like, <laughs> yeah it's been on the top 20 every month but one since it launched uh way back in God. 2013 2013 yeah and it number one on ps4 and xbox one uh in july which uh, kind of funny last year last july Grand Theft Auto V was number one on Xbox One. Uh, it was number three on PS4 that month behind Crash and Final Fantasy uh, 12. But, uh, man, talk about a game that just is just going to... It's I, I'm gonna, I'll be on my deathbed, hopefully, in 30 years. And uh, if I still have this job, I'll be reporting about Grand Theft Auto V staying in the top 10. Do you think we could get to a point... In the future, where GTA Five is still outselling Red Dead Redemption Two. Oh my god! I I don't that think it's, I don't think it's outside of the realm of possibility to be perfect. Uh, it's, I, yeah, it's, it's I, possible. I I think it might happen. I mean, uh, I mean, you're talking about a game that has longer legs. Than it's almost at what fucking 100 million sales? Like it's getting there. It's, like it's it's, al- it's almost there. Yeah, but I think it all depends on how online for Red Dead pans out. But yeah, I can see people yeah. wanting to stick with oh cars and guns more yep. than like bolt action like yeah like i mean the the whole crime fantasy element of gta online is a is a big deal and definitely it's in its own yeah it's in its own league so like like i mean the cowboy cowboy stuff is is fun and definitely appeals to a different crowd but i don't think it has the same kind of like absolute mainstream appeal as gta so think about this think about this guys and, and this will be interesting for matt you know look considering he does you know sales are, are his bread and butter this is what he does for a living there are there are just a little over 300 million people that live in the continental united states grand theft auto 5 has almost sold the equivalent of a third of the population of the entire united states of america oh yeah but that fucking blows my goddamn mind i don't i can't wrap my head around that it's not even like it gets like deep cut sales super it often. It doesn't. Like, they keep it really high priced. Well, didn't aren't they 
did they announce or are coming out with like an eighty dollar edition of a six year old game Some that just has like, like a bunch of like cash or something? Dude, for yeah, I think there always has been. People will buy. Yeah. Like oh, I know it was just announced recently that it's like oh yeah, here's a new edition of Grand Theft Auto Five. Yeah, there probably it is, was like a new. It is yeah. eighty dollars. They've always been selling. Yeah, they've always been selling like overpriced versions. And have people, all, like, shark cards. It, Matt, am I wrong? People will buy it. They'll buy it. People will buy it. Um, actually, we're we're finding that the more expensive a game is, uh, the more people want it. Um, <laughs> and because the, there's this idea that everyone wants to maximize uh, their purchase, and so they'll pay more for more content, even though only 30% of people actually ever finish a game they buy. So, uh, yeah, pretty crazy stuff. Kind of ad- counterintuitive in a lot of ways. But, you know, video games, man, what are you going to do? Fucking unbelievable, dude. Absolutely unbelievable. Um, so, Matt, I've got one more question for you, man. You tweeted out earlier today some best-selling titles of other platforms. Uh, uh, o- older platforms, let's say. Uh-huh. Uh, platforms yeah. that aren't as relevant anymore. And I was wondering if you could, one, list off those games for us, because it's a super interesting list. And two, tell us how in the hell you actually get the data for some of this stuff because anyway, I'll, I'll let you go ahead and take it away, man. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> anything that scans at any retailer with a UPC code, we get that data. So, you know, if it's scanned at uh, GameStop or a Walmart or if Amazon sells it, uh, we, we get that day out that, that data or that, that sale recorded in our data. And then we, we put it all together and crunch it all up and kick it all out. And sometimes we find that there are some interesting games that are selling in the market. Now, this could happen. Oh, what is it now? Oh, no, Brandon, well, this is great. <laughs> this is great. So, like, some, you never know, like, what game is hidden behind some shelf or maybe it, it got stuck in the back room and it get, gets put out. And we're not talking big units here. We're talking onesies, twosies, threesies, right? But <laughs> these things pop up. So, in July this month, uh, on the Game Boy Advance, Revenge oh, no. of Shinobi yeah. was a best-selling game. <laughs> uh, Nintendo GameCube, SpongeBob Creature from the Krusty Krab. That, the I, think it, I think that's actually like become a popular game among like speedrunning communities. Oh, like, and specifically okay. the Game GameCube version. So I wouldn't be surprised if that's oh, why fantastic. that showed up there. <laughs> It shows up a lot for Cube, actually. I've noticed it a few months now that that Krusty Krab (laughs) hangs out. Hey, man. Cool. Um, PlayStation 1, Chrono Cross, which isn't a huge surprise. Where do you find copies of Chrono Cross? Yeah, where do you find new sealed copies of Chrono Chrono Cross? Cross. Like, Like in 2004, I was buying copies. I bought a copy of that game with, like, a beat-up jewel case. Yeah. This, these are new copies too. These are these That's are new unfun- sealed copies. Like, like these are brand new sealed copies. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. Uh huh. Persona Three. Uh, is it Persona Three Fez or Persona Three FES? What's F-E-S. the proper? F-E-S. Okay, F-E-S. that was the number one seller on PS2. Final Fantasy IV: The Complete Collection on yeah, PSP. There we go. A Togi Two on the Xbox. Oh my God! The From Software game. Yep. And then uh, the big one, apparently the big one, because I, I tweeted this out, and I, I'll tweet. So I'll work for hours and days on the release, do these huge write-ups, 
break it all out, break everything down, compartmentalize it. And like, I, I get a good response. Like people are excited. There's some, when I tweet out that golden sun, dark dawn was the best selling game on NDS. <laughs> I get 30 or 40 times the engagement on that tweet. than I'll get on anything else. Like people just <laughs> love knowing this stuff. But yeah, so golden good. sun, dark dawn, I guess it's a big deal because I guess there's a character that might show up in smash or people want them to show up. That's in smash. the rumor. Yeah. They want, uh, okay. Name, yeah. There's a, uh, there's a lot of, there's a lot of talk about smash and golden sun right now. So people have been eating that up today. But yeah, so, you know, I'll, I'll dig in and I'll try to find these these weird little anomalies because they're it's fun, man. It's just kind of cool to see, like, who's the cat that's rolling in? It's like, yeah, we had a togi too. Give me, like, yeah, give it, give it to me. I is, is, it, is that game uh, playable on Xbox One right yet? Do we know? I don't think so. I don't know. Because I, I if that if that was a BC game, it would it would make sense for it to pop up there, especially with From Software being much more of a household name these days. I just want to know. I want to know where people like 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 Justin said. I want to know where people are getting these things sealed, like sealed well, copies of these games. Like I, that's what I want. There's a store uh, near me. They sell like they sell games, but they also sell like books and DVDs and stuff. Uh, they have. A shelf with about thirty sealed copies of Minority Report for Game Boy Advance, what? and they're, they're selling them all. They're selling them all for like thirty or forty dollars. <laughs> Yo, so, yeah. you should be Maddie. Maddie, be a legend. Go buy like fifteen of them. Go buy fifteen of them, and then see if they show up on the NPD next month. So, <laughs> so Maddie can come on here and say Minority Report. I did was, that. It was I, yeah no dude dude be, be I will pay you to we'll, do it. We'll, I'll, get, we'll do, I'll get a picture we'll next a, time I go in. We'll do a giveaway of, yeah. like, of minority report minority report on Game Boy Advance. Just go into like a bag and like dump the whole shelf in. Just be a fucking legend and do it, Maddie. Like, I'll go drop like four hundred dollars on minority report for Game Boy Advance. <laughs> I promise. I promise your girlfriend won't be mad at you. It, it'll be okay. Oh, she would be furious it'll, it'll be, be okay great. it'll be okay and then matt can look at the npd report for next month and say there's maddie there it is yes, there he i'll is. see it <laughs> there he is <laughs> oh my god that's so good that is that's so fucking awesome um all right well uh we'll go ahead and uh we'll move on from the npd stuff matt thank you so much for for talking about that man i always i always this is this is the it's not just interesting to hear but it is also i mean we haven't had really a bad or even just a ho hum NPD month in some time. Like like the industry is doing extremely well. The industry is very yeah. healthy, and and that you know Sony's doing well. Nintendo's doing extremely well. Microsoft is doing much better. Xbox is doing much better than they were. And honestly, regardless of what platform you like to play on, regardless of what games you like, regardless of what your favorite console is or what you prefer, it's just a good time all around for the industry. It's a good time for games. It's a good time for gamers. And I, I couldn't be happier that things are trending upward, and it bodes really well for, uh, you know, interest in you know interest in the industry going forward, and it bodes really well for the next generation as well because we saw a huge drop off um, as the uh, as the last generation was kind of winding down, which is why you saw those articles. Remember Matt saying, you know, oh, are consoles dead now? Like, are they dying? Is is it all going? Yeah, I remember. Are, are, are they dead? And you don't. You know, with with these new consoles, are probably at least for the Xbox and the PS4, going to be announced next year. I think everybody kind of assumes that. Um, you're not seeing this any of these articles at all. Um, you're just seeing nothing but good things coming out of the sales, uh, or you know, out of the NPDs. So bodes well like, for interest for the next generation, which is awesome. Like the opinion I have seen going around about next gen consoles has been more, 
hey, these ones are st- the current ones are still selling so well. Like, why would they want to yeah. rush them out more so than will there be a market for these? Like, well, I also um, just and enough- I think. I think it'll be really interesting, like just from an engineering standpoint to see what Sony and Microsoft do, because um, just in terms of like architecturally um, and the tech that went into the PS4 and Xbox One um, was, you know, fairly conservative compared to um, previous designs from either of um, either of the hardware manufacturers. So I'll be really interested to see, um, you know, how they invest in you know, the future technology as well. I would also say that, and I, we'll, we'll end on this, but I would, I would also say that um, the last generation went on two to three years too long. Oh, um, yeah, games were not yeah. running on those mm-hmm. consoles anymore. Yeah. Which, Far Cry what, what, 3 barely ran. Far Cry 3 <laughs> chugged along. Yeah, so I, I, I don't, as well as these consoles are selling, and they are selling very well, I think that, I think the one lesson Sony and Microsoft have learned, I think Nintendo is learning it too, is, is don't, you know, don't look a gift horse in the mouth. Don't let something go on longer than it should. Um, and uh, I, I think if these consoles are announced announced next year, as I think they will be, I think it's a good, a strong indicator that uh, at least Sony and Microsoft have, have kind of learned from their mistakes um, and are, are I, moving forward. Uh, go ahead. I, I feel like there's going to be a shorter announcement to release um, period next time around. Uh, if there are going to be 2020 releases, likely holiday 2020, Maybe we'll see somebody earlier, but um, so I see. Uh, you know, I, I, I holiday see. is, uh, you know, probably where I'm guessing. Like, I wouldn't be surprised to see, you know, um, you know, I I wouldn't be surprised to not see any announcements until like, you know, May or April or May of 2020 before they actually announce it. I saw our um, resident expert nodding sagely. Matt, do you agree with that? Yeah, so the the shortening the time between announce and release is important, but I don't know if this is going to be a traditional console launch for the next gen. Um, I'm anticipating a lot of weirdness in terms of how these things are marketed, produced, what kind of boxes are made. Um, I think things are going to get real interesting in terms of the, the business plans behind them and, and the various ways they're going to let people engage with the content. Uh, so I don't know. I'm expecting the unexpected. I, I still think they'll have to say something mid next year, uh, but maybe it's just a tease um, and not the full blown lot. I don't know. We'll I, see. It's all speculation at this point. I feel like Sony's in a point where they'll probably have to say something, uh, just given, especially given their E3 lineup uh, this year and the fact yeah. that you know probably at least one of those. Yeah, I mean, obviously Spider-Man will be out, but probably at least one of those other games will be coming pretty soon, like, down the pipeline. Like, they can't just do a Death Stranding Last of Us show. Okay, so speaking of that, let's move on to, um, I want to talk about uh, sales predictions for the big games. And, sale, and you know, sales predictions for the big games coming out this fall and winter, what's going to sell well. And I also want to talk about what we think is going to bomb, what we think is not going to sell well. Um, and I will, you know what, I'll start it off on a depressing note. Um, uh, if we're talking about a sales bomb, I don't think, right. I don't think shadow of the tomb Raider is going to move the needle at all. Yeah. In, yeah. In no, no, no. I don't think so either. That seems um, like a, I mean, it's not going to bomb, but it, I mean, it's not going <laughs> to, so, so not going to be top of the charts. Nope. Um, so <clears throat> what, what is that? So it's, I don't know the release date. What's it's, I know it's September. 
Does it it's the 27th. It's the 27th. No, okay, so. it's, it's the week at, it's like the 16th or something. Okay, so it's the week it's after no, Spider-Man. It's the week after Spider-Man. It's oh, the 14th. Jesus. Um, um, so, it's either the 14th or the 17th. I don't know if it's a Tuesday or a Friday release. Oh, uh, it's it, the 14th. It's 14th? Okay. So yeah. it's the week after Spider-Man and Destiny 2, the Forsaken expansion. Um, okay, so I, I you know... Bomb is a strong word, maybe. I don't think the game... Like, you know, I'm with Brandon. I don't think the game is going to bomb. Yes, it's not I bomb. think on PS4, it will bomb. I think it uh, might... Yeah, I can because, see that. Because I think, I think Spider-Man's going to take a lot of that crowd. But obviously on, you know, Xbox and PC, um, Spider-Man's a non-factor. Um, and mean, it's, also been, it's also been longer since, the, since Rise of the Tomb Raider came out on those platforms, because... Yeah. Like on PS4, Rise of Tomb Raider came a year late, so it almost doesn't feel like it's time for a sequel. Um, if you played it when it came out on PS4, like I did. Well, let me ask. Let me ask Matt a question. Um, Matt, none of the Tomb Raider reboots have, like, they've sold fine, but none of them have. Like, like, what were the what are the sales figures on those? Like, have any of them really sold what you would call to blockbuster levels? I mean, uh, well, the uh, the initial reboot debuted at number two in its launch month so that was pretty good and then it did it had extended legs rise didn't chart uh when it launched in november of whatever year that was it launched like the day before fall no it launched on the day of fallout 4 oh, okay the day of fallout 4 so it didn't chart in november of that year but uh the tomb raider games have had pretty good legs uh so they're not really they haven't been really big day one sellers but they eventually get the units in. Now those can be at a reduced price, or they can be as part of uh, different subscription bundles. There, there are a lot of ways to drive dollars from the content outside of just day one sales these days. So, I mean, I'm not anticipating big things either. But uh, if it does along the lines of rise, then you know maybe that's good enough. I don't know. So. Let me ask you guys this. If the game doesn't perform... Because I, I remember rumors uh, circulating a while back that the game was going to be episodic, right? I think... Did you guys remember that? When when yep. people said, yeah, Rise of the Tomb Raider... Or Shadow of the Tomb Raider, I'm sorry, is going to be an episodic game. It was around um, the time of those Kotaku leaks, I think. Yeah, there was, there, was yeah. A, there was a lot of rumors around it. Um, I mean, and they also changed Development Studio for it as well. Um, which isn't a minor change if you were... Because, like, they made it kind of clear they were planning a trilogy and then all of a sudden the last one going to a different studio is not a common thing. Very weird. I just want to point out real quick, Maddie tweeted out, I just saw this, Maddie. This is this is amazing. <laughs> Matt, Maddie, they, um, so Maddie tweeted out, we just discussed the 30 plus sealed copies of Minority Report for GBA <laughs> at, at Bull Moose. He added the company selling, the store selling it, and now I'm going to go buy them all to get the game on the MPD chart. So the show's going well so far. They tweeted back. They responded they and do. said, if yeah. that's something you want to do, I can make you a deal. <laughs> <laughs> Maddie, I'm going to see what kind of a deal we're talking here. Matt, our, so, we'll, we'll, have to, we'll have to do like a sponsorship giveaway. Maddie, <laughs> I want you to fucking, Maddie's going to handle this. Maddie, I want you to work your magic. And I, I want to I pass it over to, uh, to Matt. So if Rise of the Tomb Raider... I, why do I keep saying fucking Rise of the Tomb Raider? It is shit Because you know what? Because Shadow of the Tomb Raider is terrible. a terrible name. Because yeah, all these subtitles names are so bad. Rise of the Tomb Raider was even worse. These names well, are it's all also, terrible. It's also funny because every single game has used the the tagline, see how Lara became, becomes the Tomb, the Tomb Raider. Raider. Like, They've like, done that Raider, three yeah. games in a row. When is she actually going to become the fucking Tomb Raider? Um, but 
if this game doesn't sell to to what you know to, to expectations matt i guess um what does this mean in your opinion for tomb raiders a franchise going forward um because things can only underperform so many times before they say okay we've we've either got to reassess what we're doing or we've got to pull the plug and try something new uh, well they keep they, they've stuck with it this long so uh trying to understand what expectations are is very difficult um i don't have any insight at all into the budgeting process or you know what the expectations of a game like this are um plenty of games that don't hit the top 10 are very profitable uh, and a lot of games keep getting made for for years and years that you know you might think well how's that keep getting made oh there we are so very difficult to say they are committed to the IP, obviously, with the film that came out, uh, as well as the development that's going on. So uh, I don't know, impossible to, for me to say um, what even is disappointing, what isn't. So um, if we so if we wanted to throw a number out there, if you guys wanted to throw a number at right at uh, Shadow of the Tomb Raider, I almost did it again, and say I think it's going to sell X amount of copies. Um, I'm going to say we'll just go around the horn real quick. I'm going to say. Uh, at the end of the day, when all is said and done, two to three million copies. I don't. Uh, think I was going to say three million. Yeah. yeah. Justin, what about you? I, I agree. I'm really bad with like predicting oh, specific numbers. Um, even doing an ordered list. So I, I'm probably going to abstain from most of these. But yeah, that seems reasonable to me. Maddie, are you um, in, Maddie, are you in agreement? Yeah, I. I mean, I think it might do below what you guessed. Uh, I'm not good with numbers either. So that's. <laughs> I know for me, um, Shadow's in an interesting place where it's the type of game that I would be like, oh, I'll pick this up early next year after the fall, the crazy fall um, is done. And then we have the early Q1 2019, which is insane. <laughs> um, that, you know, kind of pushes back when I will get to, you know, that game. Yeah. So and uh, Matt, if you had to predict a sales figure, just our ballpark sales figure for Shadow of the Tomb Raider, what would it be? <laughs> uh, nope, uh, I can't even hazard a guess. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> for, um, for all kinds of reasons. <laughs> okay. Um, so let's move on to a game that I do think is going to sell very well: uh, Spider Man. Um, I'm expecting really big things out of Spider Man. There has been a ton of hype for this game. I think. Um, I think over the past three to four months, Sony has done a very good job promoting the game, marketing it. Um, it had a fantastic showing at E3, I thought. Um, that trailer with the Sinister Six uh, just blew my, just splattered my brain across the wall. I, I was blown isn't away. Isn't last year's, not, not the 2018, but the 2017 Spider-Man demo, like the most watched E3 demo on something YouTube like that, at this yeah. point. Yeah, it was something like, like that. Um, between like the top three uploads or something like that. Yeah. So, so <laughs> I think, um, and Spider-Man is what September seventh, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Yeah, September seventh. I think that this game, I, I think Spider-Man is going to be a, a, a ten million plus seller. I, I think this game is going to sell extremely well. Uh, you know, I, I don't know what you guys think. I don't know who else here is picking up Spider-Man, but. I, yeah, I, I'm a I'm a huge Spider-Man fan. Yeah, I've been too. really, really looking forward to this game. Oh my god, the, the, um, that fucking it's been, it's been exci- so long since yeah. a big production. And the yeah. and the ex- the excitement from the studio um, about yes. it has been very infectious. Um, and I, like it's it's I think I mentioned this before, but that's something you rarely see from a licensed game. 
Um, so that's really cool. And I had very high expectations for Spider-Man, but God of War's sales legs have kind of thrown a wrench into, you know, what I was predicting, uh, you know, for Spider-Man, because God of War has sold far better than I ever thought it was going to. And it like and it's been charting since it released. Like it's like, like charting people, every month. People right want now. the God of War, dude. Yeah, like, and it's 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 not slowed down. Like I expected a big, um, big debut and a slow down, but it's like stayed on the charts um, internationally too. Not even just um, in the U.S. Like so, like I was betting on Spider Man being like one of, if not the top selling, you know, PS4 exclusives, just because the, you know, greater appeal to all ages. Um, I think, you know, kids getting a PS4 this Christmas probably gonna get Spider Man. Um, Whereas, you know, they're probably not going to get God of War. Um, oh, yeah, no. Like, my, like uh, uh, I, I feel like Spider-Man, um, it also fits, I think it also fits into kind of a gap in the age targets for, you know, Sony's exclusive games. Um, they de- definitely tend to trend older um, in targeting. I think Spider-Man kind of hits the, you know, more family friendly. Well, also, um, also there really hasn't been a wide really, appeal. Like, there hasn't been a good Spider-Man game in a really long time. Like the, the last Spider-Man and, game that I really enjoyed was Shattered Dimensions. Um, and yeah, and then an open world game. And then also, yeah, just also the like, sheer popularity of open world games right now. Marvel is bigger than ever right now. Yeah, I mean, you know, the um, hype leading into you know the new Spider-Man movie next year, and then you know Avengers four next year. Like, I mean, you really couldn't. They could not. Ask I mean, there's for a, a time there, to, to there's, release this game. There's a there's a Spider-Man movie coming out in December. Um, Into oh my the Spider-verse. god! Into the Spider-Verse looks so good. By the um, way. Oh. So like, th- there's a lot of things that like, if they time up marketing for it, I think could even spur more sales for it. I know they have they have talked about doing DLC, and there's costumes coming with the DLC. Yep. If like they tie in those costumes to Into the Spider-Verse, uh, Avengers Four. Um, and stuff like that, I feel like they could get, you know, some decent sales boosts when the, when those movies come out on top of... I, I, I'm expecting big things for Spider-Man. Matt, what about you, man? Are you picking up Spider-Man? Yeah, so... Uh, yeah, I've already bought... I bought the Deluxe Edition because I don't know. Because oh, I buy everything. Right. Yeah, there you go. Um, there's a there's a shiny outfit. I need to have the shiny outfit because... With, 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 the, with the wrapped up spoiler statue... I, I whatever man. I'll just, <laughs> so, anyways, uh, so Spider Man, right? It's it's history. It's kind of unique. Um, it was one of the premier video game franchises back in the early two thousands. Yes, it was. Um, Spider Man the movie, the original uh, Spider Man the movie uh, was the fourth best selling game of two thousand two. Um, Spider Man the movie two was the fifth best selling game of two thousand four. So these are like premier franchises uh, of its era. Then it kind of fell off, right? <laughs> And the Arkham games kind of took the crown of the best-selling superhero games. Um, I think this game's going to be... It, it could uh, reach or exceed Arkham City sales. I have it as the number 10 best-selling game of this year. Uh, as a PS4 exclusive in a really stacked year. So, yeah, I'm also uh, expecting really big things. So, I want to I wanna bring up a game uh, that I think is... Uh, I'm afraid it's going to get lost in the shuffle. Uh, one game, a game that I am really excited about. Um, and I, it's a shame. I don't hear a lot of people talking about it, but I hear nothing but good things about it. Uh, and that is uh, dragon quest 11. Um, I'm a huge, you guys know, I'm a huge JRPG guy. So dragon quest 11. Unfair- that comes un- out 
Very that comes unfortunately, out, comes out September fourth, which that, is, I was like, that comes out Forsaken Spider Man week. That is that is the same week of Spider Man and Forsaken. So there's I, also, I also think the Battlefield Five beta is that week. It as is well. that week. Um, <laughs> so I don't see good things in the future <laughs> for for Dragon Quest Eleven, which is really unfortunate because if you go look at so it's been out in Japan for a while. If you go look at gameplay videos, it is a gorgeous fucking game, and I know a few people who have been playing it. And I have heard nothing but wonderful... Th- I mean, it's Dragon Quest. It's one of the most, you know, venerable JRPG series in the world. Uh, they're all good. and it, It's been out for like a year It's been out there, for a year almost it? in Japan. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I'll throw this to Matt. Like, I'm pretty sure I know what the answer is going to be, but... Matt, do we have any uh, any idea, uh, any opinions on, on, on the fate of, uh, of Dragon Quest Eleven, Matt? Uh, I didn't realize it was launching in September uh, see, until you just go. mentioned yeah, it. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm about to go. I'm looking it up right now. I'm I'm trying to get it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, hey, I I wasn't I wasn't expecting huge things at Octopath. So what do I know? It is. I mean, it's a very but but Octopath didn't launch against something like you know Destiny Two major expansion and Spider Man. I mean, it, and this is a very Matt a very traditional turn based RPG. Like like apart from looking beautiful visually. Um, it is at its heart just a core turn-based, you know, you know, so and so casts fire JRPG. Um, eh, and Dragon it, Quest Eight sold well. It did, but yeah. it also it didn't launch. It didn't launch the same week of all these fucking games. And you know, I just I you know, I, I as good as the game is, and I, I feel like I kind of feel like it got sent out to die. Well, I think what you got to remember too is that it's coming out on PS4 and Windows on the fourth, but it's coming out on Switch and 3DS at a later date. At a later date. So I feel like it's going to get, yeah, I feel like it'll get a second win from those two versions because also that audience oh, that, is just more I would, more likely to pick I it up. I would not be stunned to see it sell better or sell better on Switch than it does on PS4. I would not be. Surprised I, I wouldn't be surprised. Oh yeah, definitely. At all. Um. Uh. What's next? Uh. Uh. Destiny or not Destiny Two? Uh. Mario Party. Super Mario Party comes out in October. Um, mm. and that is a so October it's 3DS, right? That's no, not Switch. It's Switch. Switch. Oh, it is Switch. Oh, okay, I thought so, it was 3DS. So October is an interesting month, right? So you've got um, <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about October. Um, in October, you've got uh, you know a, a small independent game, Red Dead Redemption Two, uh, <laughs> from a very small independent developer. I don't know what the fuck they're going to do releasing that game in October. It's just a bad time to release uh, something that small. Um, but you got so so you got Mario Party, you got Red Dead Redemption Two, and then you got Battlefield Five, uh, which launches on October eleventh. Um, and and so, Black right. Ops Four Black, is October this year. They yep. they moved it to October. They, oh, that's and, right. They and did, Forza. Yeah. Forza comes out. Oh, Forza October. Assassin, Assassin's Creed. Assassin's Creed. <laughs> um, okay, so Luigi's Mansion. So okay, How so Luigi's Man. Luigi's Mansion is gonna that that oof. okay anyway. We'll start okay, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna get Luigi's. At Mansion. this point, at this point, I just go ahead and assume that every first party Nintendo Switch game it sells over a million. Like I, I just assume that at this point because these games just these games just fucking sell. The attach rate for some of these games is is insane. And Mario Party is a very popular franchise. This is its first entry on Switch. I expect Mario Party is going to sell very well. The interesting factor for me in October is Battlefield Five. Um, we all saw, we've all heard the the talk about pre-orders being extremely soft for Battlefield Five. 
much softer than they were for Battlefield One. And of course, you know, a lot of the a lot of the fucking idiots out on social media say, "Oh, it's because they abandoned their fans, and there's there's a woman on the cover, and this is you know you, you reap what you sow." Um, but when in, in, in and that's and that's bullshit. Um, the reality, I think, is that. You've got Battlefield Five launching against something in the same month, within uh, two weeks of Red Dead Redemption Two and Call of Duty with fucking battle royale mode, um, which is the first time that we've ever seen. I mean, I mean that's that to me is I, huge. So I think I, I go ahead. I think I think also because like I I'm pretty like plugged into like Battlefield community stuff, and I do think um, a lot of people, myself included, were you know kind of hoping that it was going to be a modern Battlefield after having a historical one um, last time around. Uh, you know, there was Battlefield 1942, but the rest of the series has been modern, and a lot of a lot of the fans really didn't like uh, the move to a uh, more historical setting in Battlefield 1. It was interesting because World War One we hadn't really seen uh, much in games, which is why I think, you know, there was a lot of excitement for Battlefield 1 because it was, you know, kind of a different thing, but... Um, but it also think, wasn't launching against like this yeah. smorgasbord of fucking games, you know. Well, but but I mean, I'm just talking about like stuff for reason why like you know Battlefield people aren't as excited for. It. But I also think the marketing has been a lot weaker um, for five than uh, it has been for like one. Like with one, there was like these incredible trailers every couple yeah. weeks, um, and they got they really got. Um, I think there was multiple betas and stuff for it too yeah, and they were earlier yep. um yeah. whereas right now they've only been um they've had some pc alphas that are missing major features that they're that they're selling um the game on um they've only been on pc um i think i think after the um after the beta will be a big <laughs> a big uh test for you know how battlefield's going to do maddie you, maddie maddie you, you sounded like you wanted to get a word in Oh like, like, uh, no! I, yeah, I agree. Like one, I I almost feel like one. They felt like they needed to prove the setting, yeah. and with this one, they're like, it's World War Two. You know, World War Two, mm-hmm. and they're kind of like taking a step back, which they really shouldn't be. But um, oh, yeah, after that, the beta, it might pick up. And that's the other thing, like kind of the way they're planning, like the content rollout for Battlefield Five is interesting. Um, they're doing something called Tides of War, which is the first time that Battlefield's going to have free content updates. Um, they're not doing they're not doing the pre premium pass. However, um, and how they're doing it is really cool. If you are you know a player, as it's going to be like over the um, course of the war, they're going to be adding factions and vehicles, weapons, and maps based off of the different. Um, periods of the war that it's in um over the course of the game's life which is interesting um however it's only launching with you know british and german factions uh and it's not launching with anything like it's not launching with like d-day it's not launching with a lot um like wake island which is a classic battlefield map it's not launching with a lot of the um traditional world war ii um battles and stuff that you would expect to see like in the marketing and stuff and i think that's also probably playing into it as well Well, let me let's let let me kick this over to matt real quick um matt you know you know we're talking about pre-orders for battlefield 5 being kind of soft um do you think the do do you think the call of duty releasing in, in october and the fact that red dead redemption 2 
releases uh, what like a week and a half after Battlefield Five, and the fact that people just have not a lot of people have ex- expendable income, and you know they got to pick and choose their games, especially during the the fall and holiday seasons. Do you think that has a, a role to play in Battlefield Five's pre-orders being kind of low? Well, so I've got a lot of problems with the Battlefield Five order reporting as it's been done. Interesting. Okay. Let's um, it's it's coming from one analyst firm. The analyst firm takes pre-order data from from one retailer, the pre-order charts from one retailer, and then extrapolates out. Um, I EA, didn't realize that. Yeah, EA drives a significant portion of its sales from channels other than one particular retailer. Uh, Origin Premier, for example, where Battlefield will be day one. Um, EA does a significant chunk of its business, uh, as many big publishers do digitally now. So um, there have been multiple reports, right? You had the one report or multiple reports coming from the one analyst note. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I question a lot about that. However, there have been other reporting that says that uh, it's off internal expectations a bit, uh, naming some uh, an, un- an unnamed source within uh, EA, which which could be fine. However, pre-orders in generally or pre-orders generally are down. Um, people are pre-ordering less than they used to. Pre-orders are becoming uh, less predictive of sales, and they correlate less to ultimate product sell-through. So, I can't take anything away from the current reporting on this. I can't take anything meaningful away. Uh, far too little detail, far too much noise in what's being reported. So as far as I'm concerned, Battlefield remains one of the premier franchises in gaming. I expect it to be the third best-selling game of the year behind Red Dead and Call of Duty. Uh, it might fall to four behind NBA 2K, but I'd be surprised. Uh and the, the general audience that buys these mega hit games, the mass market audience, has no clue about the ridiculous nonsense coming out of the, the core gaming community, um, has no knowledge at all about that, and they're going to go and, and buy the game because they like Battlefield uh, and they like playing with their friends. And yeah, as Call of Duty World War II showed last year, the World War II setting is really appealing to the mass market. So whatever, man. Like, this is a big, fat, nothing burger as far as I'm concerned until uh, we get far more concrete details out of what's going on. Okay, so it sounds like we're not getting the entire story then. Okay. I'm I'm dubious. Um, Jeff Grubb has done some good reporting on this, has really dug into where the numbers are coming from and where this noise is coming from. I don't understand it. That analyst has been very, uh, very pessimistic on EA before. Um, so who knows? Like, uh, uh, there's a lot going on here below the surface that I'm just kind of questioning. Well, um, okay. so that's very uh, cool information. That actually, is, that. that actually is incredibly interesting. I was not aware of that. See, this is what actually, we Matt on to talk about us. Go ahead, Maddie. Yeah. I have a question for Matt. Do you think nine copies of minority report is enough to make it chart? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, that would absolutely chart. Uh, I would okay. include that on, it would definitely come up on the, uh, the bestsellers list for be that platform i'm gonna go buy them for a dollar 97 each tomorrow yes do it dude be a fucking <laughs> what a deal legend. be a That's fucking a legend matt maddie be a fucking legend and do it do i'm it. doing it i'm, I'm literally replying to them right now i will say yeah i'm replying money. to them right now and then we do like a giveaway or anything because that'd be pretty right yeah, yeah we oh, we'll, we'll turn it into something we're, we're gonna do yeah, something yeah. with these copies yeah this is fucking fantastic that's awesome <laughs> that oh, is this... so cool 
I'm really excited about this. Um, okay, God, that's legendary. All right, so let's talk about uh, Red Dead Redemption 2. Um, <clears throat> obviously, then, you know, that's the big elephant in the room for uh, for October and for the fall, really. I mean, I, I think that's why you're seeing so many games released in February, because they just want to get the fuck away from, from Red Dead Redemption 2, and I don't really blame them. So, um, I guess the I guess the important question to ask is... Not will it sell well, because we all know it's going to sell well. The question for me is, is will this sell GTA 5 numbers? Because, you know, this is still a franchise in its infancy. This is only the second one. And I'm talking, like, you know, like, Red Dead, to me, Red Dead, you know, Revolver doesn't count. You know, like, it's Red Dead Redemption. Um, I think this is it's. I think we can probably separate that from you know from Revolver. So we're only at the sequel here, and we're at game number five uh, in Grand Theft Auto, and Grand Theft Auto is at ninety five million copies sold at this point. So my question is: is do we expect this to be sales wise the next Grand Theft Auto five? Is 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 this is this what's going to launch Cowboys into the into the stratosphere sales wise for? Uh, uh, I I don't know. I don't know. What do you guys think? I, 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 I don't think so. This I don't, like, I don't, I, I just, like, as much as I, per, like, I'm personally not a fan of Grand Theft Auto. I loved Red Dead Redemption. Um, so, like, obviously I'm very excited for Red Dead Redemption too. but I, I think it, um, obviously there's overlap in the appeal, but I think, I think GTA just has more mass market appeal with kind of the wacky satirical nature of it and the whole, um, criminal fantasy element of it versus kind of this more solemn uh lonely cowboy uh story that red dead redemption is brandon what about you man you're gonna pick i mean obviously i think uh you're gonna pick up uh red dead 2 right yeah I'll, i will yeah is, is that a is that a launch day is, is that a launch day release for you uh buy for you or probably because okay. you know, like, what's the point of not buying it day one? Because it's not going to get on sale anytime soon. Because you weren't—that's <laughs> you a good weren't, point. You weren't a bit. You weren't like you liked Red Dead Redemption, but you weren't. It was my—it like was my game of the generation until uh, Last of Us came out. Yeah, yeah, until the yeah, until, yeah, the Last of Us. I remember that. Um, I don't know, like, uh, Maddie, what about you, man? Like, like, where do you see this moving the needle sales wise? Um, because my thing about Red Dead Redemption too is that, and I know that this is just the way that Rockstar kind of does it. Um. But we haven't seen a lot of it, and the game comes out in two months. And we We've just... seen as much as of it as we have seen of they, GTA Five at the same. Also, time. Did we? Like, they yeah. also have already announced that there's another like gameplay series coming. Yeah, in. Exactly. And, I, and that's the thing. And I ima- I imagine um, they're going to do something for the online. Uh, some press people have reported that they just went hands on with the game, and those are going to be. Like that's gonna be out. Like we're gonna have a blitz from now on. I think with Red. Yeah, Dead. GTA Five only got one of those gameplay trailers. They said they're we're getting another one. Interesting. I wasn't Dead, aware so. of that. Yeah. Maddie, what and about then you, like he like he said, we will also get one for the online mode. Yeah, they're definitely following like the GTA template of marketing, which was like don't show anything until a couple months before, and then you get like, like three, three or four trailers in like quick succession, and that's all you need. And I think like. Word of mouth. And you play we'll the, the absolute shit out of the commercials on television. Yep. Yeah, put it on like The Walking Dead or whatever was big at the time. It was breaking. Um, I remember GTA Five bad, yeah. was Breaking Bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was like the premiere of their. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it was like during the series finale too. 
Yeah. That's right. Um, That's right. I remember that. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I want to kick it over to our sales expert. Matt, what are you expecting for Red Dead Redemption 2 uh, sales-wise? Clearly, it's going to sell uh, millions and millions of copies. But, <laughs> but but do you think that this is going to be uh, – I'll pose it this way. Do you think this is going to sell like Call of Duty numbers? Well, I do have it beating Call of Duty Black Ops 4 this year. Interesting. I think it's going to be very close. Yeah. Um, but I do have Red Dead 2 with the edge. Uh, it, the, the comps to GTA 5 are almost unfair. Grand Theft Auto 5 is on a completely different level of any other, not just game, entertainment product. Yeah. Um, it, it, nothing has done more dollars than Grand Theft Auto 5, uh, and it's still number two on the chart. Okay. So <laughs> any comparison to GTA 5 is just unfair. Um, on its own, it'll be, I think, the best-selling game of the year. I think it'll have tremendous legs. What Rockstar is doing with their online service is second to none. It'll sell for years and years and years uh, and do very well. But uh, GTA 5 numbers are a very, very, very tall ask. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so let me ask this then. So on the subject of Call of Duty, right? So Call of Duty comes out right after Red Dead Redemption 2, right? I think like a, a week after, I think. I think it's close. It, th- those two no, I, I, I think it's before because Red Dead's 20... 20- Red Dead's the 29th. I so. thought Red Dead was the 23rd. I'm, I'm pretty sure, sure it's the 29th. I'm, I'm looking it up. Okay, I'm looking yeah, it up yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead and look it up. But um, I know that those two games are coming out very close Oh, may, may, maybe you're right. Maybe it is the 23rd. I think it is the 23rd. Um, and then maybe Call of Duty's the 29th. Um, but I, I, I do know, you know, you know, irrespective of, of their release dates, I do know that they're coming out within like a week or two of each other. I think it's a week. Um, and of course, Black Ops Four has no if I if, if I've got my facts right, no single player campaign. Correct. Right. There's there's no actual single player campaign. It's a it's a battle royale game. Um, well, there is a there's a battle royale mode. Like it's not exclusively a battle royale. But game. but well, okay okay so so it's a, but it's a multiplayer game exclusively. Like, yes. There's no actual single player campaign to speak of. Correct. Um, they, they, they aside from the zombies, the thing, like, like, like you know, there's going to be a zombies thing. But there's yeah. going to be no actual story mode. The, the traditional campaign <laughs> is not there. So, so my so my question is is I can't remember the last time we had a call. I don't think we've ever had a Call of Duty game without a traditional campaign mode. Um, nope. and, I, I, and I know that people traditionally don't buy Call of Duty just to play the campaign. But back in the day when I played Call of Duty, that was the first. Thing I was that weirdo. Yeah. Yeah, like that was. The, yeah, that, me, that, me, me too. I'm that. I'm that guy. You know. Um, <laughs> And when you consider a market that has games like Fortnite, which is just ruling the roost in the battle royale genre, and you got PUBG, which is still doing very respectably, or very, um, very respectfully, um, I'm curious. Uh, <laughs> and we'll start with Matt this time. Um, do you think the Battlefield Four, Battlefield Four, Jesus? Do you think that Call of Duty Black Ops Four is going to fall short sales wise of what we normally expect out of a Call of Duty game? Like I, I know, I know you've got it placed uh, high um among your top three sellers for the year but but do you think this is the year that call of duty underperforms uh, when weighed against the measure of past call of duty games well i mean that's the big question right oh that's the that's the the big thing is what is a normal call of duty game anymore because the like the swings between a, a ghost and infinite warfare a world war ii like those are big swings they're always huge games, and they've always led in terms of annual sales on a on a year to year basis. But the differences between them have been pretty big. 
Um, so how big is big for Black Ops 4? Um, I'm not anticipating World War II numbers, but I'm anticipating numbers uh, far above Infinite Warfare. So, yeah, uh, my, my question is around the no single-player campaign. Uh, people made a big deal about that around Titanfall 2 and being one of the reasons Titanfall 2 struggled. I don't know if I believe it, but at the same time... Titanfall um, 2 had a campaign. Yeah. Titanfall uh, 1 did. Titanfall, Titanfall 1, 1, sorry, yeah. Titanfall 1. Um, that was some of the talk about Titanfall 1 not doing well because it didn't have a single-player campaign. Um, so, yeah, I'm waiting to see. I'm optimistic that it'll do very well, but is it going to hit World War II numbers? I don't know. That's a big ask as well. Maybe. So, um, Maddie, I'll kick it over to you. Um, does the, does the lack of a single-player campaign, and I don't know about your, I don't know your relationship to Call of Duty, so you may not even care about the game. Um, but does the lack of a single-player campaign or it's kind of big focus on Battle Royale, does that push you away from Black Ops 4 or or what? Um, I'm kind of indifferent. Like, last year I bought World War Two just on a whim, and uh, I, I used to, since Modern Warfare 2, I bought it every played the campaign in one day, and then I just went in on the multiplayer, and the multiplayer kind of faded in last um, but I grabbed World War II, didn't even finish the campaign, and I'm just now kind of getting back into multiplayer. Um, just kind of as like, uh, oh, I want to play something. I don't know what I want to play. I'll sit down and play like two matches. Um, so the lack of a single player really isn't an issue for me, and the focus on Battle Royale actually kind of makes me interested. Like, if that mode pans out well, um, I think that could be an interesting alternative to Fortnite. Um, but I don't know. I played that beta, and it just did not feel great. It feels like they're trying to shoehorn in kind of Overwatchy, Rainbow Six Siege type mechanics. Yeah, that some, just somebody don't me, work. It, somebody told me that it was similar to Black Ops Three in the sense that it just felt like somebody had poured Destiny into into Call of Duty gameplay. You know, there's mm. you know there's ground pounds. You know, you've got grenades with powers and and and, and stuff it, like that. It really I, does feel like they're trying to get Overwatch. Uh, Overwatch's kind of lunch, which makes no sense to me because Activision Blizzard. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, sorry, go ahead. Uh, you, no, that was it. Uh, yeah, I was good. <laughs> there could be a lot of internal competition across two sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. Um, I know. I know personally. Um, like. The lack of a campaign this year for Black Ops 4 is strange for me because I am one of the people that has really ripped into the Blops 3 campaign. Oh, um, yeah, me too. I think it's... I thought it was truly awful. <laughs> like, I think it's the worst thing I've played it this is, generation. It is, it is horrendous. Yeah, it's not good. Um, and... So, on that sense, the lack of a campaign in Black Ops 4 doesn't really bother me. Yeah. Um, however, if like, can do it, just yeah. It. However, like, I don't like zombies. Um, so that's it. Seems to be a lot of where they were putting like the money that would go into the single player campaign has gone mm -hmm. into zombies. So that's a pretty significant chunk of the game that I don't care about. Um, and like I like I said when I gave my impressions from the beta and kind of building on what Maddie said, you know, kind of like the added um, like team composition and specialist ability stuff like from overwatch and siege kind of took the like fun casual like laser tag nature of call of duty out of it um which made you know which makes um 
the multiplayer less appealing to me than usual. And I think that'll be the big um, test for that game because Black Ops is usually the biggest like um, multiplayer for Call of Duty um, these days. And I think that'll be the big test with how long it lasts like among the community, how they take to those changes. However, I am very interested in trying out Blackout, the Battle Royale mode. Yeah. Um, because I'm on PS4, so I can't play uh, I can't play uh, uh, PUBG. Um, Fortnite is cool, but the building part's not my thing. Like, I think something like a Call of Duty Battle Royale game could be very, very cool. Um, and I'm definitely going to check out that beta um, and check that out. And I have a few. I, I I wouldn't be surprised if. The community doesn't take to the changes to the core competitive modes, but they really take to the blackout the, mode. Yeah, the blackout mode. That's um, yeah, that's kind of the appealing thing about blackout is that it's like this amalgamation of the history of Black Ops, which is great because yeah. Black Ops three and four setting is so boring to me. So like, put in the one and two stuff, and I'm all over it. Because Brandon and I actually bonded over our hatred of Black Ops three. And how, <laughs> how just god awful that campaign is! It's so so. it was really bad. What was it like? A, I, yeah. I was I was legitimately upset playing. Yeah, it. like Brandon just I got to the end of it. I was like, I, I can't. Brandon just could not stop imagining that he was in a frozen forest. Yeah. Oh yeah. I <laughs> he, still. He, he couldn't. He couldn't stop thinking about that frozen forest. My favorite defense of that is like, well, if you pause the screen and read the words that aren't blacked out, and then you piece them together in the right order, it it's may, a it fucking Call of Duty game. That, like, that, that that made me angry because people were trying to say that game had a great story, and it's like, no, they literally just refused to do storytelling. <laughs> I, I if, checked out. If you I, have to do that, I checked out. I think that when that character, I think his name is Hendrix, he was eating the candy bar, and he pulled a Ron Burgundy. You know, he's like, "This candy bar so is like, delicious, but it is filling." And he just like so like it the away. second mission. <laughs> yeah, and I was just like, "This yeah. game yeah, sucks." It's like, very, very. Terrible. And plus, like the game ran at sixty frames a second, and then the cutscenes were all thirty. Like it just. I yeah, think it was, they eventually it was weird. that, but yeah, they yeah, patched it, it for some but, things. Yeah, they they patched it for like. Like, cause usually it would it would do that for door openings and like yeah, climbing like into vehicles and stuff. Door. They they fixed that, but like the the full on cutscenes were still thirty. Yeah, but, I don't um, I, I don't want to get too yeah. far down the Black Ops three rabbit hole, but, yeah. but I, I do have a um I do have a zesty prediction for you guys, uh for November. Uh-oh. I've got a spicy I got a spicy take here, and I'm sure it's a spicy meatball. I'm, I'm sure I'm sure Matt will will appreciate this. He probably won't agree with it, but but here's the here's a zesty sales take coming up. I think that Pokemon Let's Go, Eevee, and Pokemon Let's Go, Pikachu are going to be the highest-selling Pokemon games in the, in the past seven, eight years. Simply due to the fact that these are the first... <laughs> things, yeah, see? There you go. Simply because... Now, hear me out. Because these are the first Pokemon games available on what is essentially a home console. Like, I know you can take your Switch anywhere you go, but it's a home console. Um, these, these, these are the first ones. We've never had a, po- a, a Pokemon game available. Pokemon, Pokemon Tournament doesn't count. We've never had a Pokemon game available on a home console. And given the fact that the Switch is just selling uh, at a meteoric pace, um, the attach rate for the Switch is incredible. I mean, last year, what like there were more people that owned Breath of the Wild that owned a fucking Switch. Um, <laughs> Switch game, there, there were. It was insane. Yeah, I, I, um, I remember. <laughs> Switch games are selling incredibly well. In, even games that you wouldn't expect, like Octopath Traveler. So... I think, you know, when you combine it with that cool Pokeball controller, um, I think Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee, and I'm talking, you know, because if, if, they're the same game, essentially, just, you know, two different versions. So I think this is going to be one of the highest-selling Pokemon games 
if not the highest selling Pokemon game of the past seven, eight years. So Matt, how zesty, how spicy is my take? And, and, and do you agree with me or do you think I'm completely off fucking base here? So, okay. Uh, from a dollar sales perspective, it's spicy, but I like it. It's like a, it's like a Cholula take, you okay, know, it's yeah, like, yeah. Just a little bit of hit of spice. You're just like, all right. I'm going to put some heat on this thing for you. Yeah. If you're talking units, that's ghost pepper, baby. That'd be real tough. (laughs) Um, Pokemon Sun and Moon, uh, set the record. That's the biggest launch of a Pokemon game ever. Uh, Those are big numbers that Pokemon Sun and Moon did, beating Pokemon Sun and Moon. Uh, but are you combining? But Matt, are you combining? Are you combining Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon with the with the previous versions of those two games? Are we looking at all? Uh, I'm just talking about the launch, like the launch okay. month. I gotcha. Okay. I gotcha. We're the biggest, so um, I'll let you know uh, because if Pokemon Eevee and Pikachu can uh, have the biggest Pokemon launch ever, you know I'll be talking. About it. Uh, but yeah, from a dollar perspective, eh, yeah, it can happen. I think, uh, John, I have a bit of a counterpoint to, okay, let's hear it. to that prediction. Um, I think particularly, you know, kind of the more casual targeted demographic of the Let's Go um, game uh, is going to be impacted by the fact that the Switch is $300 as opposed to being like $150 3DS. Um, I think a lot of the crowd that... Um, I mean, obviously, Pokemon's going to do really well. Like, I'm not. I'm not trying to be like, oh, nobody's oh, yeah, going to yeah, buy yeah, Pokemon yeah. Uh, <laughs> or anything. But I, I do think um, a lot of the target market, specifically for Let's Go, might not want to drop three hundred dollars on a Switch at this point. Uh, I don't know, man. I don't, dude. I don't know. Like, I. I mean, I, I think. I think oh, I, tr- tr- trust me. I still think it's going to be one no, of no, no, the, no, no, but what I'm the games is, of the I, year. Like, I, think, I, I think in terms of reaching the heights that you're talking about, um, I don't think the Switch is quite at you know the low cost of entry of Nintendo's previous handheld. That, but system. that is that is all dependent upon whether or not we see a price cut for for Black Friday. Um, you know, the Switch didn't get one last year. It may not get one this year, but but if it does, if if it does, I I think you're going to see a lot of parents run out to grab that switch, grab that Pokemon, grab that Pokeball controller, you know, with with you know uh, a Mew inside of it. Um, I I think. I, don't I know, mean, man. if there's I'm a cheap switch it. this, if there's a cheap switch this holiday season, I'm camping out. Like, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I, I do not have one yet, and I want one. Maddie, what do you think? What do you think? Um, I don't know. I think there's like the conflict of it's. People going, oh, it's casualized, but that's also the loud, hardcore audience. Yes. And, but I, I don't know, I can't really make the call if it'll like move units or anything. Um, but I think most people who have a Switch will probably grab it. Uh, Brandon, you got any takes on uh, on Pokemon? Uh, I think it'll. I uh, no, I really don't honestly. Yeah, I, don't Brandon. Care. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even. I can't even pretend. Right, right now, Brandon's just thinking about uh, Taco Bell. Um, I am thinking about some Taco Bell. Uh, yeah. So we got. Uh, so I want to. I want a nacho cheese chalupa. We got just a few minutes left. Um, we'll do Smash Brothers real quick, and we'll call it a night. There's um, actually two other games that you missed. Uh, I think one's going to be pretty big, and games? it's not my bias. What games? Uh, Fallout 76. Oh I think shit! I forgot be. about Fallout. Damn. I yeah. think that game is actually going to creep up on people and do way oh, yeah, better than people right. think it's going to be. I do. I do too. I do too. I feel. I feel like that game, like talk about that game, is kind of muted right now. I feel like once the beta hits, 
that game is gonna really take off. Once people know what that game is, and people can sit down and watch a YouTube video of like someone playing 15, 20 minutes straight, I think yeah. it's gonna become like far more interesting to people. The other one is Darksiders 3, which I hope gets delayed. I because... totally fucking forgot about well, that. It's gonna get I... the sauce. I love that series, and after two flopped, I was like, oh great, it's dead. And I now can't... they're bringing it back, and they're like, where should we put it? Let's put it in late November. <laughs> like can't... they need to do, they need to delay it to like next June or something. Yeah. Because honest to, honest to God, we're lucky we're even getting a fucking Darksiders three. To, to yeah, no, and like clearly, yeah, clearly they're leading well, up to four with the the final horseman, and they're just like, let's kill this series before we even get there. Yeah, I um, I, I agree. Like I, I I don't I don't know, Matt. What do you think, man? I don't. I it, see. It speaks volumes to the fact, guys, that I for I forgot. Pretty sure his question was going to be. There we go. I'm back. <laughs> it, it speaks to how bad of a release date that is. That we for most of us forgot that that game yeah. was coming out. I'm back. Fucking f Discord. Like my my internet didn't even die. Like Discord just took a huge I forgot shit. About Discord. That, that's what shit. happens to me almost every week. Once and then and then I'm fine. But uh, but yeah, I don't think that I I think I think I think Dark Side of Three is probably dead in the water. I, oh I, yeah. I don't see that. Game I don't know that. At all. That series just keeps coming back from the death. I mean, it's fucking weird. After the, TH, the THQ uh, liquidation, uh, to bring it, it's it's come back so many times from the dead. Like I don't think it can be killed. <laughs> <laughs> and then a final one with all of them. And I need that game. And they're doing all they can do to kill this series before we get that game. <laughs> Man, there is. I mean, there's... at least they're bringing out like six different versions of each of the games that come before. So maybe if they just keep doing that. Yeah, we just need more, more. Yeah, we need more pun editions. Hey guys, we're gonna. I think we're gonna go and wrap it up because Discord keeps dying on me, and I'm afraid okay. that the whole thing. I, I'm afraid we're at 10:30 anyway. I'm afraid the whole thing's gonna fucking crash. We can just all agree that Smash Brothers is gonna sell very well. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah. It, it's gonna sell great. Huge. It's gonna be huge. It's gonna yeah. be massive. Um, I want to uh, I want to thank Matt, our good friend Matt Piscatella with NPD for joining us once again, as he does every month, uh, to talk about the NPDs. But also, Matt, more than that, we we value your friendship more than we do your your analysis, man. Um, and your I'll analysis because it it's worth more. And your your, your analysis <laughs> is 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 great, but your friendship is even better. Uh, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Always fun to hang out. So we uh, we we appreciate that, and I want to remind everybody. I tweeted it out earlier today, and I'm going to be tweeting it out more as it approaches. But uh, I was invited by Greg Miller uh, to join him and uh, 19 other people on stage at PAX West to do the uh, the um, a video game tournament. It's not PAX Mania. It's a it's a video game tournament uh, that he is holding with 20 people. I'll be up there with uh, people like Jared Petty and. Um, uh, yeah, Dan Reichert will be there. Uh, Jonathan Dornbush from IGN. Uh, Andrea Renee from What's Good Games. Um, uh, Andre Seegers from Game Explain. I've been a fan of Game Explain for a long time. Uh, there'll be a lot of cool people up there on stage. Um, it's gonna be really, it's gonna be really awesome. Uh, Jeff Grubb will be there. Uh, Jeff was actually listening to side questing last night when I was on, and he 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 knows that I'm coming for him. Jeff Grubb knows that I'm coming for him. So if you're Team John, uh, go out and hashtag that shit on Twitter. Let let Jeff Grubb know that that justice is coming. <laughs> um justice is coming his way i'm, I'm gonna be like wide herb i'm gonna be like you know you tell him i'm coming and hell's coming with me like that's 
it's just gonna happen but it's gonna be a lot of fun um and it'll be live streamed uh so if uh, anybody wants to watch me win uh you can go and do that <laughs> on uh it'll be at the hydra theater at 7 p.m pacific standard time so that'll be 10 p.m eastern standard time and uh, i am i am very excited to be a part of that and very honored uh to be included in that i i'm still kind of in a state of disbelief over it uh so anyway we'll go ahead and uh we'll wrap it up here um there will i, I don't know if there's gonna be a podcast next week because on thursday i'll be uh flying out to pax west um maybe we might try to see if we can get make something happen on wednesday but uh my flight is at 6 a.m and it's an hour away uh on thursday so i i don't know if i'm gonna be able to make that happen but we will be recording a uh the first in our new series of podcasts this uh, this saturday talking about games come this past week uh and uh, so please uh be ex- you know be excited about that as square enix would say and aside from that uh if nobody has anything else uh as always it's not always poetry and we don't always agree but we always keep it real so until next week hopefully we will see you guys later everybody uh, please take care of each other <laughs>